Hello, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Coming Back Home podcast. I'm your host, Amber Rashid, and I full-heartedly invite you on this beautiful adventure. Each week, we will take a journey in exploring different topics in the world of plant medicine and natural healing remedies. My intention is to bring awareness and shed light onto what plant medicine is, helping shift the perspective that these sacred plants are not a drug, but rather a divine and intelligent medicine. It's a concentrated drop of nature that carries ancient wisdom and knowledge from thousands and thousands of years ago to help the collective conscious expand, grow, and heal. It's a calling back home to the essence of our soul, who we are, and who we are called to be in this lifetime. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Today, I have two very special people with me. One, Alec, and the second is Dane, who is a very good childhood friend. And Alec and I are just here to speak with Dane about his recent journeys on plant medicine. He recently just started his journey with plant medicine, and I really believe that his experiences and can help someone else. Yeah, so Dane, welcome to the Coming Back Home podcast. Thank you for having me. So Dane, we could just start off by, you know, just telling the audience a little bit about yourself and where you're from and how you started the plant medicine journey. Um, well, as you heard, my name is Dane. I was born and raised in Tamarindo. And when I was 14, I moved to Hawaii to go live with my dad and do high school. And now I'm in between Hawaii and Tamarindo. But since last year, I've been more in, in, in Costa Rica than, than Hawaii. But I've been, I've been, my first time was in August 26th was with Bufo. And then on the 27th, was the first time I drank, I drank ayahuasca. They y'all want to watch it. Beautiful and real quick, I'm just gonna have Alec introduce himself. Yes, hello. My name is Alec. I feel so grateful to be here, sitting with Dane and Amber, and I'm really excited to learn a little bit about Dane and how you know he's had some very amazing experiences with these very strong sacred medicines and just kind of learning a little bit more about him. And how he was guided toward these medic medicines. So, you know, thank you for having me as well. I'm grateful to be here. The first question I have is, what, for Dane, what kind of led you to um, receiving plant medicine and sitting with ayahuasca? Well, um, what led me to it was my mom, actually, because I was an alcoholic and addict and an active addiction. I went to the rehab three times and it did not work for me, so... Pretty much as a last resort, because the way my life was going, I was going to end up in jail or, or dead. So she reached out, and I think through Bruce and some other people, we found Ohm, and I did Bufo and Ayahuasca, and haven't looked back since. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, Dane, with your experiences with, with rehab and, and finding your own way in life, I suppose, what made you, your mom, like, what made you feel called to Ayahuasca? At what point were you like, you know, I've been, I've been seeking all of this help? I've been going to different places. What what made you choose to do do these things? To start with, I've, I've heard of before. I've heard of ayahuasca, but I never like looked into it or I knew it was something people did as a ceremony, but I didn't have any like prior knowledge of it. 
and Bufo as well, I, I knew less about, but it was pretty much, like I said, it was a last resort to to putting me back on track and, and not changing me, but bringing me back to who I was. Because through all these things in life, I had changed into a very insecure person, very judgmental, angry at the world, always angry. And I did it for... I knew how to do it for myself as well, but my mom, she she really asked me to, to, to be open to it. And, and for her and for myself, I I decided to, to start this path, not knowing how much it would impact and change my life. And I'm just excited to see where I go with it. So how did your mom find it? How did your mom hear about these things? When I talked to her about it, she just said she just said mostly like on on the internet, but it, I think it was Bruce that she asked a lot of questions to, and like she even she told me she was like when I was dropping you off, I was scared because I didn't know, you know what I mean? Like she didn't have that much knowledge on it either, but she just talked to people and 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 it was I think through searching like ways to like for like like people who are addicts like like me like to be able to break those thought patterns and and have an outlet. To cure. Yeah, so do you feel that the plant medicine has helped you re- more able to be open and vulnerable than like saying going to like therapy, talk therapy or other things that you were trying? Yes, 100%. For me, like the talk therapy and rehab and all those, like I could find a way to manipulate it. Pretty much like do it without doing it, like get out of it. With this, with the plant medicine, you have it's you have no way out but in a good way you know what Uh i mean it's like you have to face yourself and that's what i was most scared of doing and in therapy i wasn't honest i could lie like with the plant medicine you can't lie to yourself you know and when you're on the medicine you know you know like the conversations you have with yourself are conversations that i needed to have a long time ago i told my mom i was like i should have done this years ago Mm -hmm. like I, i remember telling her that after that and yeah, just things that I knew I had to, like these conversations I knew I had to have with myself, but I just didn't want to have out of fear and just not being able to step up and. Yeah, it's in- <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. The medicines will come to you at the right time, you know, when you feel ready, and I think it's like so beautiful that you were able to step out of that fear and just like put your walls down and just be like, okay, I'm I'm ready to face whatever, you know, I need to see. I find it amazing, actually. You know, so basically. Dane was was going through this different you know, habitual patterns in his life, and then one day he says, "I'm going to go do bufo, right?" And for anyone who doesn't know, bufo is a secretion from a frog that you actually smoke, and this secretion produces the most powerful hallucinogenic on the planet, at least one of them compared with ayahuasca and things of those nature. So, so tell us a little bit about that experience. So you, you kind of reached a point in your life where you're saying, okay, well, I need to make some changes and I'm not able to face those things. Tell us a little bit about the Bufo experience. What happened in that? The Bufo experience, I, I had a total whiteout when, I, when Juan David has you read. Have you done with Juan David? No, but I've experienced Bufo before. Yeah, he has you read this paper and then he gives you medicine and he's like, inhale, 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 inhale. And I just remember, I had a, I just remember not remembering for that, for that part because I got served twice in, the, in that journey. And when I came to, I was up and I was dancing because they, they, they play like medicine music. Mm-hmm. And I was up and dancing and I just remember 
hearing him, hearing like the people laugh because I was dancing and like some people were clapping and then he goes, more medicine, more medicine. And then I took it. And all the next year I remember I was with Juan David and he was in front of me and he was saying like, oh, thank you. Thank you for existing. You are the universe. And then I looked at him and I said, no, like I, I got really, really scared. I kept saying no and then they had to hold me down. And I just remember like leaving again, like I, I got, standing up, I got like back into my body. And then that ego, like, you know what I mean? That little thing, cause it knew mm-hmm. it was gonna have like, it knew it was gonna get yeah. blasted into it, but yeah, like, and I tried to fight it and then they, they got me down. I remember saying, oh, I tried mom. I, I remember saying like thinking that. And I left and when I came to, I remember like this like sound and to me, I think it's the sound of the universe. Like, I got like, breathe back into my body and I remember that sound very clearly and then when I came to I was yelling yes like really really loud I purged a little bit and then I just kept yelling and then I laid back down for a while yeah so from this experience what do you think that you received the most or were able to release from that experience I I released so much anger in that experience it was it was very very intense and Babo and Juan David, when, when they searched, when they talked to me about it, they were like, that for them too to witness was like, that's why we do what we do. Because they could tell I was releasing a lot, a lot of anger. That's amazing, actually. I really love that. So, you know, so you go and you do Bufo, you kind of get pulled back into your body, right? You're like, okay, so, so what was that sensation like? How did that make you feel at the time? You said there was a lot of anger that came up, and how were you... How are you able to process these different emotions to get to the point where you were saying earlier where you kind of, you did the bufo and then you've, you've kind of never really looked back since. It's been kind of a upward journey since, if I understand correctly. Yeah, 100% upward journey. I have no regrets of how it's happened and where it's, what I've done with this journey. Curious about the bufo. So, so basically, you know, you went and you did the bufo and that was the first time you've ever had experience with these, with these plant-based medicines. Um, just tell us a little bit more about that journey. So after you went and did Bufo and you had all of these, from what I understand, you know, Bufo is a very intense experience and it's not necessarily a comfortable experience either. So yeah, I guess just, just tell us a little bit more about that experience after Bufo and and processing Bufo and how you were able to end up doing more medicine with, with, within the Ohm community. I felt truly, truly reborn. Like I had, I had a death experience and that's why I think I was just, uh, like so scared when it when it happened because I, I my body was gonna happen, and um, that's why I said I have a new birthday August twenty sixth was when I did Bufo, but it really felt like I felt empty inside, but not an emptiness in a sense of like like hollowness, but like empty that I released all these things that weren't good for me that anger like it was so like it was like when I was yelling it was just, I felt like there was so much energy coming out of me that was like pent up and I remember laying that back down in my mat after and like I said I felt empty inside but in a, in a like in a way where it was like empty but with love inside like mm-hmm. no more anger and the little bit of love that was there was like finally could grow oh, it's so beautiful. like envelop me like 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 if my heart was a crystal it picked that crystal out of the ground and totally just polished it and showed me that it was there beautiful and so do you feel so how was your integration experience from that do you feel like you were able to take the things you got from that and apply them to your daily life 
yeah, with with Bufo, not as much as um ayahuasca though. Ayahuasca got a lot, lot more messages. For Bufo though, for me it was just more of like a total rebirth. So you've done ayahuasca and Bufo for sure, basically. So after you did the Bufo, did you do ayahuasca shortly after? Yeah, or the next day. So you did ayahuasca the very next day? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So what was that like? I had a rough experience. Amber was there, but I think, so we drank a cup and then he said, oh, if you're not feeling it, drink another cup. And I was still coming onto the medicine and I decided to drink another cup, which was my mistake 100%. And I got into the space of all this negative energy. I felt like I was taking all the negative energy in the room and there was an experience going on in me like, there was like I couldn't go back to my mat because something happened to my mat. And I, I couldn't get grounded with anything and I got super scared. Like I I thought it was like honestly, I thought it was like some kind of cult thing. Like like I got really scared because especially what would happen the the day before. And I was just projecting a lot of my anger on people. Like not trusting because in active addiction, that's like, you know what I mean? Like you you don't trust anybody, you're like even you're like you're a lot of your friends, you're just using buddies, you know what I mean? And I was like, I didn't trust anybody. I thought people were like Cause I was also like out to get people. I was in a like, I wasn't always a fight or flight mode pretty much, for the last since I've been like twenty, like in alcohol, like just constantly. And I thought like everything bad that I wanted to do out of people out of to protect myself, they were gonna do to me. So I got really scared and I actually tried to run away. I tried to run away. Surge saved me and then they told me, but I was I was, I definitely had too much like. I would have been good with that one cup with the second cup, but I'm glad it happened though because it had to happen and it was going to happen eventually. And mm -hmm. But so yeah, I tried to run away and then I kept, I was scared of the fire for some reason. I thought it was going to be like a sacrifice. Like yeah. I got really scared. Like I didn't trust anybody. Like for some reason, I didn't even trust Amber. <laughs> Surge kept bringing me back and they told me I kept trying to like run and then I'd come back and then I'd run and come back and then I'd push him away and then I'd hug him. And Surge, he truly saved my life that night. Like, it was very intense and then, but one thing too, there was a lot of people in that ceremony. There was like 30 people. And then I remember when I was coming in and out, I kept seeing different people coming up to me. So I was like, it was like really scaring me. Like, there was some people that shouldn't have gone down to try to help me. That uh -huh. were that because they were just like like, um, not guests, but you know what I mean. Like like mm -hmm. they were they were part of the team. Mm -hmm. So I got I got really scared, and I was already like you know like I was like a cornered animal one hundred percent. I remember Anne's like I went down and sat on my mat, and was like she said me was like oh you have to like think about the love and the trust and. Um, the next day, I asked if I could stay, and I remember telling Angel like I've never been invited back to a place where I've been such an asshole like. Angel mm -hmm. was like, that's what we're here for. Like, that's the community. And I felt so bad because I and I feel like I truly ruined that night of ceremony. Like it was pretty hard, but I, I had to accept like what happened. And it's I'm glad it happened because now I know like it had it had to have happened. Mm -hmm. it, it No other way like it could have gone, but it had to have happened. And Anne was telling me, you have to think about like your family, the love, think about the good thoughts. But I've been thinking like for so long I've only been thinking negative things and it all just came out like I opened a door that had to be opened but like it felt like I opened like 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 it was a huge door yeah, yeah. It was a lot. all that
that stuff has been pent up yeah. for a really long time, so it's intense. Yeah, and in in in, in active addiction, like I got to the point where I was doing so much drugs, like I'd be like suicidal. So like carrying it out like was, cause for my mom no, but I don't have these thoughts of like hurting myself for like those very like oh I mean like I'm, piece of shit you know what I mean like mm-hmm. these very degrading thoughts, and it just all was 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 coming to me and it was it was an intense experience. You know, and I think everything happens for a reason. You know, even though you had that experience, yeah, like you said, it was meant to happen, and yeah, no regrets and yeah. So what in that ceremony? What at what point did you feel that like I'm okay, I'm safe? Like what brought you to being back to being grounded and that you were able to like? Um, being able to go back on my mat, because when we we're in the Rambe, there was a lot of energy. Yeah, there was a lot of energy. And I remember Jacob. Jacob said it like I looked at him and I like left and then I tried to go back on my mat and I couldn't sit on my mat, and then I and then I wanted to grab water and like my water bottle was full of like puke. That wasn't mine, and it was just like I had nothing to ground myself. And then the circle chants kept going, and like they were doing it around the fires. It was just a very like I I had fear because I in that fight or flight like I always thought about like oh yeah if they hurt people because they're gonna hurt you. You know what I mean? So I thought that was one of those situations where mm-hmm. something people were gonna do something to me. Yeah, like I couldn't I couldn't fathom. There was, I felt in that Rami, for a moment, I felt so much like love and a good energy that that part of me that was controlling me, like, and I know I always have it. So that's why I'm grateful for that experience because I was letting, my whole life, I was letting the strength of my weakness take me. Something Pajama, I got that from Pajama, and he's like, don't let the strength of your weakness take you. And my whole life, I was letting not Dane, but whoever that little voice is or that negative side of, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I have like an angel and a devil. Mm. I was letting him do all the bidding and, and doing like, I was pretty much just like putting into the negative energy of the world. And so he was not happy that I was starting to choose healing. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. and I didn't, I didn't have, he had control over me and I did not have control over him and that's not who I am. Like, I still have like, you know what I mean? I, I'm not like, I'm not Buddha, obviously, you know what I mean? I saw sometimes where, like, I might judge people or something, or, like... And we're all human. But then I'll catch myself and just just be like, what am I, you know what I mean? Okay, let that thought pass by. Sorry, I thought it, like, just... It truly showed me that I have the power of not letting be the negative... I have a choice in my life. Yeah, Yeah. I have a choice in my life. Whereas before, I was just reacting to life. Just react, react, react. Now I can, like stop think about it for a second and i i have the choice of that reaction it's not just like anger right away it's and it's not who i am and i remember speaking with my mom after i told her oh yeah i'm changed she's like no you didn't change you mm-hmm. you're you again it's very good hearing your experience <clears throat> it sounds very traumatizing and um just hearing like your past of not being able to trust other people or having a difficult time really um, embracing other sides of people through this really what seems like traumatizing experience what how were you able to come out of that and trust other people especially you know when it seemed like a, a cult or it seemed like they were trying to take advantage of you like people in your past was it just the recognition of that little voice you had in your head or what was it that that made you come out of that and say wow that was very healing well, just how the people and especially Angel handled it after and like when I was like I was like, Am I even allowed back? And she's like, No, we like we want you to come back like like 
just hearing that and I was like, why? You know what I mean? Like, like there, I, there's actual love without like, what do they want from me? You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. and then that's when I was like, this is truly a community of people that really just want the best for each other and to heal. And I was like, I've never, I've never felt that. Like, in that 100% just, I still feel that like, from that day, um, in between ceremonies, I still look back on that when I'm going up the like up the mountain to Santa Elena to the to Om Jungle, and just that love and that community and that space there that Angel has so much appreciation for mm-hmm. her, everything she does and that really helped me like, um I think I said it like that I remember telling Angel like I've never been invited back to somewhere I've, I've been an asshole, a whole new like look on life it was just unheard of for me. Yeah, and I think it's, like, interesting because, you know, like, in ceremonies, it's not always rainbows and butterflies. There are going to be times when, yeah, the ugly side of us, ourselves, are going to be coming out. And I think it's just beautiful about communities like this is people all have the same intention of healing, and they're there to hold that space, and they know that not everything is going to be pretty. So it's nice when you can go somewhere and you don't feel judged, and you can just be yourself and let whatever it... Because that's the whole purpose of going to these places and these ceremonies is to release the the things that may have been making us sick and that that don't serve us anymore yeah it's amazing so basically you know you went and did bufa on on august 26 is that right and then right after that the second day you went and drank ayahuasca and had a very intense time but this community really embraced you and was there for you so tell us so what happened after that first ceremony have you drank medicine since or what's been your journey since then yeah i've had um after Yawanawa, I sat with Pablo twice. The second time I sat with Pablo, I went with my dad. But it was instead of two nights of ayahuasca, it was one night of ayahuasca and one night of yopo, which is, if you guys have a child, I highly recommend it. It's a, it's a very beautiful medicine. Yeah, I don't think either of us have sat with the medicine of yopo. Do you mind just explaining like what yopo is and how that's, like how they conduct a ceremony? So from my understanding, yopo is the seeds of the cohoba tree. And they make it into like this paste and they mix it and then they dry it out and I think they do they, they repeat that process and it's like they until they turn it into like a powder and you actually snort it with um I can't remember the name of the the instrument, but it's kind of shaped like you know like a goalpost in uh, American football uh-huh. with it's just like if the little part on the bottom uh-huh. is way longer so you it both nostrils. But in the ceremony, you chew copy for three hours, the the like the bark of the the vine, and that was pretty rough. Not gonna lie, like, because you're just kind of sitting there, and it's but you do it for a reason. You you know what I mean? How long do you? And I'm just curious. How long do you chew the vine for? So, about every hour, he would give you. So the first one is like a big a big pile. The second one is just as big, if not bigger, than the third pile he gives you. This is like an hour intervals. Is a lot smaller. But then me and um, a couple people went back for for a second, and when he said, "Okay, um, those who want to do it again, who feel called to do it again, um, come back, um, come up to the front so you can get the like so you can chew." And I was like, "Oh no!" Yeah. But I wasn't gonna let it let it like mm-hmm. let it. But but it was it was a uncomfortable experience for me, just actual chewing. But it felt really, I felt leveled out, almost like. Feeling like I was falling asleep, but still like there, but not. It was it was it's very interesting feeling. In that 
to get seconds, he gave me like as much as like we got in like the three hours. But you chew it and you just slowly, it's almost like mambe, but like sawdust and a lot uh-huh. bigger pieces. The taste, people say for them, was super bitter, but I didn't mind the taste that much. One of the people there, they kind of got dizzy off of it. I didn't, I didn't have that reaction. I just felt very like sleepy, and it was it was interesting. I'm, so, what is the what is the purpose of this medicine? The yopo, um, it's very visual, but it also gives you a lot of messages. It compares to ayahuasca and like how it gives you messages, but for me, it was like very like I had one message for that experience, uh-huh. and in the visuals. And I also get like very vibrant, vibrant, vibrant colors. It was almost like a black backdrop with colors on top of it, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. And it would kind of open up and give you small little bits and pieces. But the messages, like the messages I was having, at least for me in that ceremony, were very clear and and to the point. Kind of like ayahuasca, but it was for stuff that I had asked. Whereas in ayahuasca, even though I set an intention, she's going to give me the messages she wants. Mm-hmm. Was and, the yopo like a purgative at all? Or was oh, it more- yeah. A little, you, you get that like hot feeling on your body. Have you had like when you do bufo, like kind of like mm-hmm. that, like you purge. I only purged once each time, like each time purged once and it was fine. But it's not as, as purgy as... as ayahuasca so basically i would i would love to hear more about your experiences so i'm just trying to get this straight so basically you went and did the the the, the bufo and then the ayahuasca how long and then you went and had ayahuasca and yopo sorry oh Chris. so um i did this in august and then i went to um australia and france for september october i drank medicine again in november because um i knew i had to come back after that experience with the um my first time, I knew I had to come back and not redeem myself because you're not, you know what I mean? That's not the right way to put it. But like I had to like give it another shot because I wasn't going to let it deter me and fear me like like from especially being like, oh, I, I did it wrong. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm so glad I reached out and, and, and did it again because I was like, okay, maybe I'll do it next year. But I was like, no, like I'm on a good roll here like and I'm ready. I had the calling for it. And that was in November. 12th and 13th and then in December um I took my dad and the last two ceremonies I did were just like these this on the 14th or the 15th and 16th and the the weekend after that so <clears throat> I'm intrigued to hear about so you went and did the ayahuasca how were those two months of integration after that relatively traumatizing experience um, how was that integration for you what what was your process kind of like um going in after the the first ayahuasca ceremony kind of going into your second, which was a, f- a few months later. So, um, I was in Australia, like pretty much like a week after that. So I felt like it was the perfect integration cause I wasn't like by myself, but I was somewhere new and, and which is kind of the opposite of what you think of like, you want to be home and like, like, but I was totally like in a way cause I was like, like, Finding myself in, by being out there by myself kind of a thing, in a place I wasn't at, like I had a lot of time to think, do activities by myself, whereas before I'd just be like, I I couldn't do stuff by myself because I couldn't stand being by myself, even like without knowing it. And then I realized that in one of the medicines, I was like, like, no wonder that all my good friends like didn't want to hang out because I was just like, I was just a miserable person to be around, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's why I couldn't be by myself and I just started to develop a relationship with myself and like being happy by being able to like sit with my thoughts 
and that's the part of the main thing. I, I had a really good friend over there in Australia that I was staying with. Um, he's a cop, so he was working like weird hours and stuff. So I was there with him too, obviously. Like I wasn't just like, like lone wolfing in the uh-huh. outback. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, and I was yeah. in Sydney, in the city, and I saw some of my friends from Hawaii. We came over for a competition and stuff. But I was just, I feel like testing the waters and finding out the new life, and also being thrown with things. Whereas before, like I couldn't deal with like any minor inconvenience would ruin my day. Like like total like prima donna. Or, like you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's just like a big baby. Like like running around with like pooping his diapers and being yeah. mad like someone changing you know what i mean like yeah. i was just like anything would would it was ruined it was bad like and just being able to have all these things thrown at me and like these experiences before like where i couldn't deal with them it was it was fun like like i finally felt like i could do things without needing like needing to get something out of it in sense of like for the wrong reason, you know what I mean? What do you feel like caused that for you? Like, how, how were you able to go from the ayahuasca to kind of being able to view yourself in a different way? To be like, okay, well, now maybe I am comfortable this with myself, or maybe I am able to, you know, be here, um, whereas before you weren't able to do that. Um, most of it, it was the conversations I had with myself on the medicine and outside of the medicine and... and just the whole way it happened and seeing that this, seeing that community that it was there, like that hope, like it was like I had hope again, I had motivation. Mm-hmm. So that really like pushed me into into those those thought patterns. It totally changed the way I thought. So do you feel like so that's amazing. Do you going back into the your now second summer of ayahuasca, do you feel like you were able to redeem yourself like you said? Do you feel like how was that experience it like was, for you? It was very beautiful. I sat with um this gentleman named Pablo who actually grows his grows his, the medicine in Dinamaste mm. by Dominico. And it was a much smaller ceremony. It was like 12 of us. A little quieter. He had really played played really beautiful music. Brought two really good musicians. I'm actually in contact with one of them a lot, Johan, yeah. a, a Costa Rican fellow. And um, maybe I wasn't ready for for like all those energies going around, like like in that type of ceremony. That one, I felt like I was very like in myself. Mm. And I told Pablo there, I was like, finally, of lifetimes of lifetimes that I've lived like through millennia, I finally like my soul finally got recognized again somewhere mm. along my lives. I totally like disregarded it and I had this vision of like a little bird flying into this like fractal and it just kept coming up and it was like a tree kind of a thing and I was like that was my soul like that was connected and it was like and then I had like a hug it was like I was like hugging myself and I had to pull Pablo aside I was like can I talk to you by the fire and I was like crying because I was like thank you Pablo like I finally recognized myself and he, he just looked at me and he's like completely oh. understood me oh that's so beautiful and i think also because you've been working like i feel like the first several times that you go any anyone goes to receive medicine it's a lot of cleansing and taking off the layers yes. and stuff so you were able to like get down to your real authentic self you just had to work through like basically all the crap like yeah. most of us and continue because we're human but um that's really beautiful and it was there right under my nose the whole time like mm-hmm. So after, so did you do, so after that experience, then I know you recently just sat with a new tribe that has come to Costa Rica. Do you mind sharing a little bit about that experience? Um, absolutely. So I sat with um, Paige Mana, 
from the Shananewa tribe. Um, sister tribe of the Yawanawa, they live in Estado do Acre. And I think it's on the Rio Branco, I'm not sure. His, his aldea is Kenemera, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And they're the bluebird people. Mm. The, the povo do Pasharo Azul. Uh-huh. And Paige Mana, he, he was born, or he was born that that's what he was going to do in his life. And he, you, you could tell. He, just the way he carried himself, this energy. So, I, I'm, I'm just starting to drink medicine. So I haven't had a lot of experiences with different shamans, but he said that there's a comparison is, is not a, like a good thing, but like, I felt like he set the bar really high, like uh-huh. for Very like, authentic. yeah. And, and what he, how he carried out the ceremony and he kind of just got straight into it. He'd have you drink and you'd sit for like 15 minutes and then he would start praying. And I think on, um, on one night to open their ceremony, you you hold hands and and you pray with him and then you go back and then he he sings a little bit and then he and then he starts playing the instruments and i i'm always dancing so yeah. me and ace were dancing like right away Aww. and after that he gives us uh, every night there's um there's a rapé part in their ceremonies rapé is served in the middle and oh boy is it served it's <laughs> it's a hefty serving rapé but it totally changed my outlook on rapé and like i've never done rapé that deep with pablo i have but on much much lighter the way he would like like, describe it and and he had two types the seven the seven herbs and the three herbs but like the intention he had of doing it for that was like the total clean clean yourself out and i purged a lot on it but it was like very mental too like very like meditative and it was it was really it was an experience that to me, it almost felt like three ceremonies in one because he starts off with what he calls a tea. Those cups, those cups are strong, even the first one. And then he does the rapé part, and then he gives you, you earn your passport. <laughs> you, the, what he calls the medicine, the passport, passaporte, passport to the universe. And I'm not sure if it's a, a different mix or something, or if it, maybe he just brews it stronger. Mm-hmm. But it was a lot stronger. By far the, the most intense visuals I've ever had. Like, really? It almost like I'm like sometimes I'd be like, ooh, I need a little like breather. Yeah, yeah. You know, how sometimes like the medicine is a little wavy. Mm-hmm. It was this one was very wavy, and at one point, um, in the second night of the first ceremony, I laid back down. I thought I was like, oh, okay, I'm going down because the first night the the medicine kind of wore off a little quick for me. The second night it was completely the opposite. Like taking on the medicine and I danced and it kind of leveled down. I was like, oh, I'm gonna lay down for a second and then it felt like I drank another cup. Like I was like, be careful what you wish for, kind of a thing. Because the first night I was like, oh, I hope. Um, he told he totally knew it was like the first night he was gonna introduce us into like his like way of doing it. The second night he really was like, okay, you guys are right. Like the second night after we I drank the passport, it was a total moment of like, oh, be careful what you wish for. Because I was like telling that I was like, oh, I hope I'm ready for like a double dip in the medicine of the passport. And then he gave it to us and I was like, whoa. <laughs> so like, I'm interested to hear about, so your, your first medicine experience was, was not as strong, but it was still very traumatizing. Was that a similar pattern? Because it, was it even more traumatizing going oh. into the second time? Or what was that like? No, so what happened on that first time, it had to have happened because... If that didn't happen, that would have happened at the Shananawa. You know what I mean? That's how, like, that's how... I just didn't know my way around the medicine and what was going on. And then the Shananawa, there was points where I was like, I was like, whoa, like... But I knew I was okay and safe and these people, you know, I had my dad next to me. But I was like, 
I can deal with this now. I can go deep into the medicine. Like, thank you. Thank you for holding that space. And just his energy too, like very protective. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't going to let anything no, like, like bad, like anything from the outside. You know what I mean? Like, like it just, I just felt super safe. Yeah, I was in it earlier when you were talking about the first time when you, when I was with you in ceremony, I was just going to mention too, like for like, you know, people that are listening, this is why it's so important, especially for, you know, your first time drinking medicine or even if you drank medicine many times before that, being in a container where you feel safe and the energy can be held um, makes a really big difference because that also allows you to be vulnerable and that plays a big part in your experience. So it's very, I'm very glad that in your last ceremonies that you had that you, you felt that because it makes a huge difference yes. and it allows you to like put down those walls of vulnerability. And you're not fighting the medicine. Mm-hmm. Where it felt like yeah. that, that night would happen, I was truly fighting the medicine. But with the shaman, I was just surrendering to the medicine and finding a new like meaning of surrender of that power there's power in that surrender she totally she, she knew like she I had a very gentle but not like the medicine was strong yeah, but yeah. she was gentle with me or yeah. I was gentle with myself you know what I mean like and she yeah, guided totally. me into like a beautiful space and, and so a lot what, of love a lot of love yeah I wanted to ask you so what what was your main intention going into this last ceremony or like what was and then secondly like what was the main messages or downloads that you received from these last ceremonies so these last two ceremonies i had the same intentions for for both i carried my intention from the first one into the 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 other two nights but it was to feel the love that i felt like i want to give to the world like show me the kind of love that i should give the world and 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 myself and and in turn so like not in a in a way of like Oh, so I'm loved, but no, so I'm loved so I can love other people mm-hmm. and help other people. Yeah, because when you have that for yourself, then you can give it to others, well, even if it's with respect or, yeah, and same thing. So, yeah, I think it's really beautiful because when you find that for yourself, then you can give it to others. Yeah, I really love this story so much. You know, <clears throat> as I, I look at it as a whole, you know, I feel like we come from a very sick society and a lot of people are really struggling and... Well, although we might have different means of escaping, whether it's through drugs, alcohol, sex, food, you know, TV, there's there's all these different means of, of escaping a, a place where we just don't feel whole within ourselves and we're constantly going to other places trying to find a way to escape, truthfully. And I, I love your story because I feel like a lot of people are really struggling with these things. A lot of people really do have um, problems within their own lives and these experiences that you've shared with us are very sacred experiences, things that um, really only you can understand and that you are able to interpret, although it does us a favor to, to get a glimpse of those things, you know. Um, I guess, you know, helping other people, how would you look at your story now as a whole, you know, your, your process of going to all these rehabs to having a, a supportive mother who led you to these medicines and um, how would you... Um, what, what advice would you give to people? What would you say, you know, for somebody who's really struggling, would you recommend doing ayahuasca? Or would you recommend jumping right into it, kind of like you did? What, what would you say? Personally, I, I would have done the bufo and had space in between the bufo and ayahuasca because I had such a very heavy experience on the bufo. It was it was a good experience, but it was very, very heavy. Like, I got a lot of work done mm-hmm. in that in that hour, hour and a half that I was I was. Under, under, under sitting in the medicine I would just my advice to people 
would be if you have a calling to do it and you're already but you have fear and it goes back to like Pajamana said, don't let the strength of your weakness take you. If you have that inclination to do it but you don't because you're scared, not because you know you're not ready, there's a difference. You know what I mean? Mm. And when people like they try to back out, they try to make excuses to oh, because if the diet's hard or like that, like I can't have sex or I can't drink or this and that. It is bravery will be rewarded. That mm. is one of the things. Your bravery will be rewarded. And it is a sacrifice, but you what you get out of it is so much more than that day that you could have steak or that day that you could have sex or you know what i mean like yeah. do it with good intention and prepare yourself and just know um going back to what i was saying like if you have that inclination to do it do it because you know when you're ready if you'll be like oh but i don't want to do it because i'm scared not because i'm not i don't know no, i'm not going to do it instead of going from like no i'm not going to do it to like i want to do it but i don't know I feel like once that seed is planted, you should go forth and do it. And from all of your ceremonies and to the journey that's led you to where you are today, what is like the main takeaway that you've gone and the main message for yourself? The main message for myself is that I am not who all these constructs on, that were put on me. I'm a very lovable person and I want to help others. It is in my nature. Mm-hmm. And one day I want to be able to to like angels offer me to assist in ceremonies i want to do that and we have an idea of doing like men men only ceremonies and having these spaces for for men to heal and rewire in your brain what masculinity means where it's not like power and submitting people to your power it's being able to heal and have these conversations with other men and be vulnerable and not put other people down not like we, we have to help each other and because like you were saying, it's a sick society. We feel like it's it's a dog-eat-dog world kind of a thing, mm-hmm. but it's not. It doesn't have to be. It does not have to be that way. Your vulnerability and being willing to share your own experiences and your own um, time with the medicine. And I'm also curious as well, I want to ask you a question regarding your experience after. You know, you've done many medicines, like Bufo, Yapo, um, Ayahuasca, and these are very intense experiences, but they are, are only a night or maybe a couple of days or a weekend. And what has your experience been um, trying to integrate these 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 very intense experiences into the real world, into a sick society? Well, for me, that I, I refer to as like I have a life before I was and a life after I was. Like I can pinpoint, and I'm if you know if the Great Spirit lets me live to old age, I I will always look back on that when like the switch flipped. You know, mm-hmm. like since I've been doing so much medicine, I haven't really had a lot of time to integrate as much as I would want to. So that's why um, I'm trying to integrate now. Like, I'm going to take a break on it because I've been pretty much doing a ceremony once a month. And then the last week I did, like, in eight days, we drank four, for four nights. In my day-to-day life, like, and people see it, and my friends too, they're like, something has changed me for the better. And I see it in myself too. Like, I'm helping out at my mom's restaurant. I just want better for myself, and I know I deserve it. Not in an egotistical way, but, like, because I want to be able to flourish and be the man that I want to be so I can help other people. Mm-hmm. And taking those steps necessary is for me like part of that integration was like t- I, I'm taking those steps now instead of just like not like I'm doing the work instead of just not facing it and, and making up excuses as to why I'm not.
Oh, and I think it's also interesting. You mentioned this earlier that you, before you're talking about having that little voice in the back of the your head and that you're just being more aware and having that change in perspective. And I think that's, that's a big thing in integration, integrating experiences as well, because like we talked about, we're, we're all human and we're not perfect, but I think that's also realization that you're having those thoughts and how to work through them. And also I know you surf a lot too. So that's also very grounding in a way. And so allowing you to be reconnect and be out in nature too, which is a nice way to integrate. I really love what Amber said and just uh, highlighting what she said as well about becoming aware of your different habitual patterns, whatever they might be. And kind of what you were telling us before is you felt like you had kind of like the angel and the devil on your shoulder. Um, as Amber was saying, it's now you're aware of those things. And I always love to think of, of integration in the way that we think of um, a doctor or a monk and you know you think about a doctor they go to their their practice and they're practicing what they're preaching every day we go to a monk and they're practicing they're meditating and they're doing what they're saying they're doing and nobody's perfect in life and there's always going to be you know the angel or the devil on your shoulder but being able to to practice and saying you know as you go out into the world you recognize now the man that you want to become and the, the, it's just adopting those 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 practices where you're saying okay maybe I'm going to go out and surf today rather than doing the, the things I was doing before. And <clears throat> one thing that I wanted to ask you as well is it seemed like even before your ayahuasca ceremonies, you, you did recognize that you needed some sort of help. You were going to rehab and um, you were putting in some sort of effort, but it was really the ayahuasca that really helped you recognize um, yourself and made you made you recognize of your, of your own thoughts, of what you were processing. and. Yeah, and just uh, it's amazing to hear your story, and I think that a lot of people will will really be able to benefit from that. Hey, thank you so much for being open and being vulnerable with us to share your experiences. Because, like Alec mentioned before, they are very sacred, and like all of us, you'll never be able to put your experience into words. But I totally agree. I feel that your experience will definitely help other people because people are starting to wake up and wanting a change and realizing things that, you know, putting a bandaid on whether it's depression, anxiety, alcoholism, addiction, those are not really serving us. And so people are looking for more profound experiences. And I really feel that no one knows yourself better than you. And when you and ha- when you go and you have these experiences and you talk to your soul, it's a completely different experience. It, it truly is. When you talk to your soul, that is, for me, the like every single ceremony i don't set that as an intention but like that's the goal to have those conversations with myself that i can't have or or like she knows she brings out what i need to do like she brings out what i know she knows that i I have to deal with in that moment and what i need for my life it's it's amazing like you said you know you can't describe it and if you always tell people like i can share my experience with you but it just doesn't do it justice Mm -hmm. it does not it's like kind of like telling like like a blind person what a what a color is like different way of looking at life and it just truly rewires your brain in a positive way in a way that is constructive for your life well i just want to thank you so much dana really appreciate you coming and i know it's probably be the first of many journeys to come so yeah just thank you so much and i look forward to speaking with you in the future thank you for having me and i just want to say one more thing is in your day-to-day life, just try to be do the conscious effort to be happy and help others because you never know how much a smile can change someone's day. Aho. Aho. 
Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in to the Coming Back Home podcast. You can connect with me on social media platforms such as Instagram at Coming Back Home. Please like, share, and subscribe for more conscious, heartfelt, and healing content. If this episode resonated with you, please leave a review of my podcast on Apple or the website comingbackhome.co. Remember, it's a calling back home to the essence of who we are and who we are called to be in this lifetime. May God always bless and guide you, my brothers and sisters, and lots of love and light as always.